are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Mariners, your home for daily Seattle Mariners news and analysis brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Thank you so much for making Locked On Mariners your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today is Tuesday, October 26, 2021. I am your host, Tidian Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patnode. Follow us on, on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E, G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon where we talk about the Mariners even more. Also get into some non-baseball talk twice a week visit patreon.com forward slash control the zone for more information on that it's mock trade tuesday here on locked on mariners colby's gone through baseballtradevalues.com to find the worst possible mariners trade proposals he could find i haven't heard any of these yet so we will react to these together and if you like what you hear give the show a follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this we greatly appreciate it but before we get into the trades we actually have some minor mariners news but exciting Mariners news to talk about the gold glove nominations have been announced and the Mariners have two nominees at first base and shortstop for the Rawlings gold glove awards Ty France at first base JP Crawford at shortstop we've talked a lot about both of these guys and what they've been able to do defensively especially Ty France this year becoming quite the revelation at first base after seemingly not having a home anywhere in the infield. Perry Hill doing a lot of great work with these guys and their hard work has been recognized. Colby, what do you have to say about, you know, just what these guys have been able to do this year and to become one of the, you know, two of the best defensive infielders in all of the American League? And, uh, you know, what do you think their chances are of winning individually? First of all, it's uh, it's pretty cool to be nominated uh, for such an award, mm-hmm. especially for somebody like Ty France, who, uh, you know, basically the the rub on him as a prospect was, well, he's hit at the high minors, and we think maybe he can hit at the big league level, but he's so mm-hmm. bad defensively that you know he's really probably not ever going to be an everyday player, and and well, not only is the bat better than anybody thought, except for maybe Seattle, um, but it turns out he can't play defense and at a, a very high level, particularly at first base. So, um, yeah, for him, it's, it's mm-hmm. a big honor for JP, uh, again, much, much deserved. Uh, it, uh, it wasn't as flashy of a year as we've seen in the past, but he was just so consistent with it. And, uh, he mm-hmm. still made, you know, the, the great play every once in a while, but it was just so consistent on the routine stuff and, and even making some of the more, uh, difficult plays look really routine. So, uh, yeah, much deserved by both of them. Uh, as for their chances, I I still kind of feel like this is going to be, uh, you know, this is going to be a partially an offensive award. Um, and while Ty France did have a great offensive year, you know, other guys had better years at the plate. Um, and JP... Neely uh, Guriel. Yeah, I, I kind of think Guriel's going to win it. Um as for as for you know JP at shortstop, I mean, look, we were kind of surprised when he won it last year. Um, not that he didn't deserve it, but we were. Mm-hmm. I, I, I he wasn't the favorite. I think we can say that. So, 
Um, well, and and the reason that he won was because they were going off of the Saber Defensive Index last year, right? Because none of the writers that were voting were able to see him in person. Um, so yeah, so that was based off of statistics, and this year it's not. And even if it was, JP wouldn't win because he wasn't near the top of the SDI rankings at shortstop. So it's uh. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, the national writers view J.P. Crawford in the voting this year. It it will be. And, you know, one of the things that's nice about that is because he's won one, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it makes it more likely that he'll win another. And that's pretty mm-hmm. stupid. Uh, but that's the way Major League Baseball writers vote. You know, once you win a World Series or once you win a, a gold glove, you're more likely to win another one and another one, um, you know, and. <laughs> That's that again, that's kind of lame, but it's just kind of the way it works. And, and, you know, a lot of voters are, are pretty lame. So, uh, it it is a, it is a plus (laughs) for JP, uh, that he, that he does have one under his belt, but I kind of think that, you know, neither guy is likely to win, but you know, it's possible they're both deserving. Yeah, well, the the numbers for each are, are fantastic. Uh, Ty France, first in the American League in fielding percentage, 999 fielding percentage. He was first in the American League in uh, ultimate zone rating, UZR, uh, with a 3.0 rating there, and uh, was tied second in defensive run saves as well with five. Um, J.B. Crawford, also uh, second in Major League Baseball in fielding percentage at 981. Uh, so both guys, you know, just at the top of their class, um, numbers wise, we'll see, you know, again, how the riders uh, view both of them. I think it's going to be Yuli Gurriel at first base, but I uh, I actually think that J.P. Crawford has a pretty good shot, pretty much for the reason that you mentioned that, you know, he's won one now. He's gar- garnered the attention of national riders because of that. And uh, I'm sure that they've uh, they have spent paid close attention to him and of course he you know he didn't have a flashy season as as you said you know didn't really have that Heisman moment as we've talked about that you know he usually takes for for guys to um ha- you know win these awards and to have a, you know a big highlight reel where they play a you know a massive web gem top 10 you know play of the year type of play but um he's just so consistent and so smooth and I think you know, we kind of take him for granted because of that, because he's just so smooth out there and there's really never any issues uh, other than the occasional miss throw or, or what have you. But he is just so steady out there. And it's such a testament to Perry Hill and what he's been able to do. And then Hill did it again with Ty France and to, you know, go from Evan White, who. You know, the glove is just spectacular. He wins the gold glove because he was at the top of the SDI rankings last year in his rookie season. He gets hurt, and it's, well, you're losing you know, defense at first base, but you're gaining, you know, hopefully some offense out of that position from Evan White. And you get both instead. You get pretty much, I mean, I wouldn't say that Ty France is a better first base defender than Evan White, but it's a lot closer than you would have thought. And uh, you pair that with the bat that he's brought now. Um, you know what? What do you think this means for Evan White moving forward? And and uh, you know, ev- eventually by the time that he's able to get back to the major league level, of course, he's going to start in the minor leagues to start the season next year if he's healthy. Um, but when he gets back, I mean, first base isn't going to be open for him, right? 
Um, no, and it, it's you know really that's the least of his concern because if if Evan White doesn't hit, uh, he's not going to have a spot in the major leagues anywhere. Um, yeah, I mean first base defense is is cool, and Evan White is certainly great at it, but nobody is going to have a, a zero come from the first base position in exchange for an elite glove. So uh, for Evan yeah. White, it's it's you know 2022 is all about hitting. And he's got to hit his way back to the big leagues. Um, and once that happens, we'll see. Um, you know, Evan White's a good athlete. It's possible he can move into the play some corner outfield. Uh, but Seattle should be pretty loaded there as well. So, yeah, he might be the odd man out. Or, or Ty France might play some third base. Or, or there might be an injury. Uh, that makes sense. We're just so far down the road. Um, yeah. That's just so far down the road that it, it's very tough to, to, you know, figure that out. Because... Honestly, I'd be shocked if we saw Evan White, even with injuries, prior to June or July uh, at the earliest, and probably, probably closer to August if we're being uh, if we're being truthful. Yeah, I I agree with you on, on that wholeheartedly. It's uh, going to be a long road back for Evan White, but the uh, the Mariners are pretty well off at first base anyway with Ty France. And uh, J.P. Crawford at shortstop, they're, they're doing pretty well for themselves defensively. We'll see how they put the rest of the infield together around them later this offseason. And we're going to look at some trades now that are being proposed by Mariners fans, other teams fans around the Internet on BaseballTradeValues.com. It's going to be, let's say, an interesting time. But before we get into that, I want to remind you this episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like is your Odyssey an LX or an EX and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 for from a chain store, whereas with Rock Auto, it's only $216. Plus, Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices are reliably low for every customer. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there, how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. You're listening to Locked On Mariners. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. Every day we are free and available on all platforms. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your enemies, whoever is a Mariner fan out there, let them know to listen to Locked On Mariners. We're going to be having a lot of fun here during the offseason, and uh, we're going to continue a series that we've done over the last couple of weeks which is Mock Trade Tuesday, where Colby goes through BaseballTradeValues.com and looks through some of the weirdest and the occasional good trade that sneaks on through at this strange, silly website that completely mismanages its valuation of Major League Baseball players and has people come up with some of the craziest and dumbest trades out there. And Colby, I believe you've found quite a few of those. I haven't seen any of these just yet. So I'm going to be reacting along here with our listener and it should be a lot of fun. So let's, let's get started with it. All right. So uh, first up, let's, let's start with uh, an old, I can't even say friend, but an old, a former Mariner. (laughs) Um, okay. 
ironically traded for a guy he was already traded for. Uh, so this <laughs> this fine gentleman wants the I believe he is a Phillies fan. He wants the Phillies to trade Raphael Marchand or Marchan, however you pronounce it, mm-hmm. um, and Gene Segura to the Mariners oh for Ken Giles, Mitch Haniger, and Evan White. <laughs> All right, now, um, Gene Segura is a good player, still. Yeah. Uh, but the Mariners would have no interest in bringing Gene Segura back. Um, if you're listening to this and you you don't know why, Gene Segura is not a great clubhouse guy. Had some altercations, particularly one with D. Gordon at one point. The uh, the Mariners are, are not interested in, in bringing Gene Segura back. Uh, he's not a fit in this clubhouse, and uh, yeah, that would be of no interest to them whatsoever. No, that's just they, a silly trade proposal in general, though. I, I'm assuming that's from a Phillies fan who, yeah, hasn't really paid attention. Um, the annoying yes. thing is about this is that Gene Segura, if he wasn't kind of a a, a tool, for lack of a better word, he'd actually make <laughs> a lot of sense for Seattle. He can play second. Oh, yeah. He can handle short, leadoff hitter. Uh, He's got some power. Mm -hmm. He can steal some bases. High contact guy like the Mariners like. Like Gene Segura makes a ton of sense for the Mariners until you get to the reality that we live in, which is that Gene Segura is, you know, basically clubhouse cancer. Uh, Or the last time he was in Mm -hmm. Seattle, he was. And Scott Service is still there. Uh, You know, Cano, Gordon, uh, Cruz, they're all gone. But Marco's still there. I mean, and is is Segura a better bat than Hanniger? I say no. So you get a you get your second baseman, sure. But now you have to go get a right fielder or a DH. And by the way, yeah. you lose a, a guy in the bullpen that you're really counting on. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to assume this guy didn't doesn't understand the history with Segura in Seattle and why he left in the first place. Um, and honestly, you know, I, I know a lot of people. Oh, it was a rebuild. Was it though? Because they had just signed Segura to a five-year extension. He was only twenty-eight at the time. Like that's a yeah. guy you keep around. So it wasn't yeah. just because they were rebuilding. So yeah, it's annoying that Segura, you know, burned bridges here. Well, and remember when they traded Segura, the return they got back felt kind of light. Mm-hmm. Kind of felt like they were a little bit desperate to trade him. And of course, JP Crawford's been pretty good <laughs> since the game over, and it seems like they did pretty well, but. You know, there was talk that they st- that they wanted Sixto Sanchez also in the deal or Spencer Howard, and you know that didn't work out, and they ended up getting J.P. Crawford and Carlos Santana. Um, you know, obviously flipped Santana to get Encarnacion and the competitive balance round B pick, which turned into Isaiah Campbell, so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, they uh, they 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 wanted to get rid of him, <laughs> and it, it was it was certainly time, and it was a good time to do it. Yeah, they were motivated, so. And it worked for both teams, as most yeah. trades should. Mm-hmm. It sure did. Uh, I tweeted from the uh, from our Twitter account that uh, Segura and and uh, JP have basically the exact same war. JP has yeah. a slight edge in uh, Baseball Reference war. Segura has a slight edge in Fangraphs war. It's worth noting that uh, you know uh, JP has about twenty to thirty less games, somewhere in that range, than than Segura. So. For all, you know, 
for all you know practicality, they've been equal in terms of value. Uh, the difference mm. is Segura has cost the Phillies $44 million to accrue the same value that J.P. Crawford has got given the Mariners in about $3 million. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it uh, it worked out for both sides. But Segura, like just in a vacuum, yes, makes sense. Not necessarily yeah. for this trade package, but makes sense. Yeah. In in reality, uh, it's it's dead on arrival. No chance. All right, next trade. What do you got for me? Uh, Rockies. Uh, this is the guy we talked about the other day, so I think you might find this one something. Uh, uh, Garrett Hampson? No, not quite. Jaden Hill oh, okay. and Brendan okay. Rodgers. Oh, okay, yep. For Matt Brash, Abraham Toro, and Taylor Trammell. Uh, I mean, it's not terrible. I, I, I feel like that's... Um... You sure you know, if that? you're trading for Rodgers, who had a pretty good year. Mm. Um, no, he did, but I mean he was a he was a league average hitter with solid defense. Um I would rather have Toro, though, to be quite yeah. honest with you. Um I feel like that's kind of a lateral move just if we're if you're just looking at it as Toro for Rodgers, which it's not. You're getting Jaden Hill, who's coming off of an injury, and that's a little bit concerning. His draft stock kind of tanked. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like the pitcher. Um, I just, I, I feel like this is a lot for a move that isn't, I don't think it moves the needle really in one way or another for the, Mar- or for the 2022 Mariners. And you're trading Matt Brash on top of that as exactly. well. A yep. really good piece. I just, yep. uh, I feel like this is fair ish. Um, but I just, I don't, I don't, I don't, it I misses it misses the the whole point. Uh again, I'm going to yeah. assume this is a Rockies fan. Uh mm. Brendan Rodgers would help the Mariners, but Toro, Tramel and Brash are probably all going to help the Mariners in 2022. Uh That's true. Yeah. Whereas so I mean it's look, Brash is we don't know what he is yet, but Jaden Hill hasn't thrown a professional pitch. So uh, let's calm down on that. And tr- yeah, Tramel struggled. So, if this was like Taylor Tramel for Jaden Hill to clear a forty-man spot, I think that's about sure. fair value. Um, if this was Brash for Rogers, I think that I, I think I could do that. Sure, I could yeah. take a shot on that. Toro for Rogers, sure. I'd probably rather have Toro, but that's close. But it's just this trade breaks down. Basically, it's like Toro and Tramel for Rogers. No thanks. And then Matt Brash, who's major league ready for Jaden Hill, who's, you know, two, three years away at least. It just doesn't make sense timing wise for Seattle. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, good effort, but no. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a little bit heavy on the, uh, the Mariners side of things. Mm-hmm. So, a couple, a couple of, of trades for the same person. Each one is, is pretty ridiculous. Um, and it's a player we've discussed in the past. So, Okay. You ready for some Tyler Glass now trades? Oh boy. Yep. I've I've now listen, I've I've told folks just if you're thinking about doing a Tyler Glass now trade, just don't even attempt to do it. It just it never ends well. So I'm <laughs> I, I I I have no idea what to expect here. Well, I mean I, I do know what to expect here, but I'm I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, it, it's so here's <laughs> 
Glassnow's not pitching in 2022. That's how you have to look at it if you're trying to make yeah. such a trade, which means you get one year of Glassnow coming off of injury. What is that worth? Well, according to these fine folks, or this fine folk, uh, Glassnow, one year of Glassnow should net the, the Tampa Bay Rays, Emerson Hancock, Juan Tain, and Levi Stout. Uh, you know what? Yeah, that's not even the worst one. Uh, because the next guy thinks that you should be able to get that the race should be able to recoup Emerson Hancock and Mitch Hanniger for Tyler. Oh Glass now. no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I just I can't oh, believe no. people like look at the ninety win Mariners and go, I bet they're I bet they're looking to rebuild again. All right, I bet they're yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I think they think that yeah, it's like I've like the first one at least is for prospects. But why would you trade Mitch Haniger for somebody who doesn't help you this year at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Again, here's the thing that you have to keep in mind: he's not going to pitch this year, and there's no guarantee of what kind of Tyler Glass now you're getting back in 2023 either. You might only get 10 good starts out of him, if that. There's really no certainty there. Um, and there's no rush to trade for him right now. You can do that next offseason. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I just I don't think that any team is going to trade for him right now unless they're getting him for pennies on the dollar. And I just don't think that's going to happen. I don't think the Rays are going to do that. But also, are the Rays going to be willing to pay arbitration for a guy that's not going to help them? This year, you know, in a decent amount of arbitration, I think it's like four. Is it four million, six million? I can't remember. But for glass now, I think it's four. Yeah, but the Rays are notoriously cheap, so who knows? But yeah, if I'm trading for glass now, I'm waiting until at least the trade deadline to do that, if not later. Yeah, I mean, if Seattle wants to take a shot on them, and it costs them like Levi Stout, then it's like, uh, okay. I'd be fine with that. Whatever. Yeah, like, like that's, that's cool. Like I like sure. Levi Stout, but I, I get it. Yeah, sure. Um, but Hancock, no, 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 yeah, no. Straight I'm up not trading no. a top 10 prospect in my system for Tyler glass now, right now. And I, I'm not trading anybody who can, who's a significant contributor in 2022. Yeah, like I said, if the the Rays are really desperate to get that four million dollars off the books, which they shouldn't be, but if they are, um, I'm not trading anyone probably in my top (laughs) fifteen for that. Like, there's just what's the benefit of me trading for him now? Right. I mean, look, you can have John other than like getting him in my system and 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 working with him through his rehab. Like that's it on the hopes that he might be good in 2023 and stay healthy all year and then inevitably go to free agency. Yeah. I just, I don't, yeah, I don't don't get that. I don't get what people's obsession with the Mariners trading for Tyler glass. Now this year is really, I I just, I don't get it. I have really no interest in that considering what it's probably going to cost Mm -hmm. um, or what the Rays are going to ask for. I just, it's not realistic. No, if he was healthy, if he was healthy, yeah, no, if he was healthy, great, but yeah. he's not. <laughs> and exactly. so I just, I don't, yeah, I yeah. just, I don't see the point in that. Con- context matters, guys. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, so that's, uh, 
we're going to move on here um, and look at more trades in just a moment. But real quick, want to remind you this episode of Locked on Mariners is brought to you by Bet Online. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers of available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, we got some uh, more trades to go over here from baseballtradevalues.com and if the last few trades that we looked at are any indication then this is going to be something. Uh <laughs> Colby, what do you have for me, man? All right. So um here we have a trade for a former future Mariner, Whit Merrifield. Oh, so in, in this trade, the Royals would get Matt Brash and Harry Ford. Yeah. No. And I'm, I'm already <laughs> saying that. <no. laughs> well, the Mariners would get Whit Merrifield, Carlos Santana, and Scott Barlow. Uh, I mean... What good does Carlos Santana get you? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, the, what? Like, I have Ty France, mm. and I want my DH to be flexible, so I have no interest in Carlos Santana. Uh, plus, I have to pay him. Mm. No, thank you. Um, Scott Barlow, cool. I like Scott Barlow a lot. Had a great year. I was Brash hoping that they better. would. Yeah, but Brash could be better. Um. I'm not trading Matt Brash for Whit Merrifield. I know that much. And I'm not trading Harry Ford for Whit Merrifield. Neither mm-hmm. one of those. Uh, Whit Merrifield is not worth either one of those guys. Now, I'll say this. That trade compensation is very in line with what the Royal or with how the Royals value Whit Merrifield. <laughs> yep. So, um, yeah. Uh, if we're just talking about like realism here in terms of just what a trade offer would look like from the Royals to the Mariners, then that's probably right on par. But uh, yeah, the Mariners are not doing that. They're laughing in the face of Dayton Moore (laughs) and hanging up the phone. Indeed. All right. What else do you got? All right. um, So uh, Minnesota twins trade here. Uh, uh, Minnesota trades Byron Buxton. And Kenta Maeda. Who's not going to pitch next year. Yeah. Uh, for Zach Deloach, Sam Carlson, Jake Fraley, and Justice Sheffield. See, we're not afraid <laughs> to rag on Mariner fans either who propose these type of things. Yeah, yeah. yeah this, is, uh, this is definitely a Mariners fan. <laughs> yeah, let's not treat Carlson, Fraley, and Sheffield like they have value. I, I know baseball trade value says they do, but they they don't. They don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fraley out out of the three guys there, it's probably Fraley has the most, which isn't saying a ton because they're like, look, I know Fraley was technically like a one ten WRC plus guy this year, but look at the underlying numbers. Um, look at his splits. 
<laughs> yeah. Just just look at look at his splits and, not and a do yourself fielder. a favor and, and get acquainted with his splits. Mm-hmm. Um, not a center fielder, not a lot of power. Yeah. Hasn't played a full season uh, or anything close to it. Like Yeah. Yeah. Uh Carlson, uh I mean I like him. He but... was able to make it back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was nice. But yeah. Uh he's still got a long way to go. So Yep. I I I think he would be, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if Sam Carlson winds up in, in a trade this offseason just like kind of on the back end of a deal, but he's not going to be any he's not super valuable. Uh Justice Sheffield if he has trade value, it is very, 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 very minuscule. Uh, Zach Deloach is like the one legit asset here, really. And uh, I'm just going to tell you now that that's not going to get it done for Byron Buxton. Uh, no, I mean, Deloach profiles quite similarly to Seth Smith. Like, mm. eh. <laughs> you can hit yeah. a little bit. Like, He's got the better power. defense, but yeah. Mm. I mean, not not center field though. So it's it's, right. I like I I think ultimately, Deloach is a, a good fourth outfielder. Um, I think Jake Fraley is a fourth outfielder. I think you know Sam Carlson is a complete lottery ticket who, starting this winter, has to go on your forty man or he's Rule Five eligible. Um, not that anybody would take him this winter, but you know maybe next winter. Uh, and Sheffield is a guy who, if he got DFA'd, I I wouldn't be shocked. Like I'd be I'd be mildly surprised, but I would not be shocked because he just he took multiple steps back in 2021, and they put him in the yeah. bullpen, and nothing ticked up, and it just he's a complete rework right now. He's an athlete with a pretty good slider, and that's all you can count on Justice Sheffield for. So he's he's a complete rework. So uh, and the Twins are going to give up if the Twins are going to trade Buxton, they're not going to do it for that. So that's just, that's a bad trade. That's mm-hmm. way too much bulk. Um, yeah. Do we have any more before we hop off for the day? One more that I think is pretty interesting, actually. Okay. Um, so let's end on a, a, let's call it a high note. Um, John Means okay. to Seattle for Kyle Lewis and Justice Sheffield. Can people stop putting Justice Sheffield in these trades? <laughs> uh, all right. Um, I mean, Did Kyle you... Lewis for 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 John Means. Um, not terrible. Uh, probably going to need to add more if you're the Mariners. Um, definitely not Justice Sheffield. <laughs> um, it's a good starting point. And we know that the Mariners are have have been interested in Means before. They they called the Orioles in the summer uh, about means. Uh, so, um, I would be fine with John Means. Um, certainly, you know, solid middle of the rotation pitcher. Um, would you trade Kyle Lewis for for John Means? Um, I'm not super thrilled about it, but I feel like that, like if you're if you're not looking to trade one of your top prospects for a good middle of the rotation pitcher, um, it's probably the guy to use there. Um, yeah, I and just, then 
you're still going to have to add something though. Like from the Orioles perspective, like even though John means was kind of just a, you know, even though they had the no hitter and everything this year, he was just kind of a, you know, he was a two and a half win pitcher. Mm-hmm. Just not, not amazing, but also not terrible you know, or not, you know, bad. like he was above average, but he had a four, yeah. six, one FIP. Yeah. Which is about half a run below average. I, I think a league average FIP this year was about 4.3. 4.25 something like that so yeah i mean his xfip is fine his era is fine he actually gets a fair amount of strikeouts uh 8.22 this year which pretty good i mean not great but doesn't walk guys gives up a lot of home runs um i don't know if you know last year in 2020 he gave up two and a half home runs per nine Ooh. this year he gave up 1.84 home runs per nine um, and I mean, a part of that is probably Camden, right? But still, I think that's concerning. a little overrated. Uh, to be honest with you, I think that's a little overrated. The whole get him out of Baltimore and he'll be better thing. Really? That worked with Eric Bedard, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Worked with Giovanni Gallardo. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I just, to what's me, his, it just, what's his fly ball rate? Uh, his ground ball rate this year was 32 and a half percent. So. He gives up a lot of fly balls and a lot of hard contact. So, I mean, it, like I, said, I don't, I don't want to make it sound like John Means is a bad pitcher because he's not. And would he be no. an upgrade to what Seattle's running out was running out there last year? Yes, of course. But is that worth Kyle Lewis? I mean, I guess it comes down to do you still believe in Kyle Lewis? And I still do. So, I do too. I like. If, if, again, if this trade comes across the ticker, I'm okay with it. I get it. I understand it. It makes sense. Am I thrilled about it? No, because I kind of feel like just just go sign Alex Wood. It's go give Alex Wood thirteen million dollars. Right. Same thing. I mean, very yeah. similar. Um. You know, I just I don't know. Like I I I. We were told that the Mariners asked about John Means. So this yeah. this trade deadline. So we know that there's some level of interest there. Um, it was actually before the deadline. It was like at the start of July that they yeah. called. Right. And so the Orioles are kind of starting to maybe think about coming out of their rebuild. Would they trade a 28-year-old starter with three years of club control? Probably not, but maybe. I think this is an interesting trade offer and I could, I could see the argument for it. I could see why somebody would think about it. I could see why the Orioles would say yes. I could see why the Mariners would say yes. I can see why both sides would also say no. So this is a, this is a really good one. I actually like this one. Um, Mm. Pretty thought provoking. Yeah. I think that though, like from the Orioles perspective, they're going to ask for Kyle Lewis plus and they're going to want something better than justice Sheffield. I think that at that point I'm probably uncomfortable with that. Yeah, I think they would want Lewis and like Williamson or something. Yeah. I think they probably view Means as more than he is. So, I mean, it's yes. like, would you, tra- I would, would you, tra- I would agree. Like, would you trade Kyle Lewis for another Marco? Like a different organization's Marco? Because that's basically what John Means is. Yeah. Maybe a little bit better, but not much. Well, and also he's going to be priced pretty high because he's one of their better assets. Yeah. Right. And yep. that's just, that's more of a, you know, a commentary there on, on the state of the Orioles than anything, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I, I probably say no. 
uh, just even in in terms of Lewis for for me and straight up because I just I like Kyle Lewis. Um, mm-hmm. I believe in Kyle Lewis, and I think you could probably use Kyle Lewis to get you, you know, to help you get something better if you do want to trade him. Um, right. So yeah, I just uh, it's 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 very interesting. I actually really like that idea, uh, but probably still going to say no to it. So um, that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much for joining us here on Lockdown Mariners. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tide Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Thank you again for making Lockdown Mariners your first listen of the day. Every day on tomorrow's show, we'll ponder the question, what if the Mariners cannot land a star player this offseason, and what if they don't? spend big in the meantime make your second listen of the day locked on mlb prospects host rm lighten is a prospect encyclopedia and he's going deep on the mlb stars of tomorrow and just like us his show is free and available on all platforms have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we'll see you tomorrow